Well, man, thank you for thank you for joining me this morning. Um, it's been a lot of fun getting to know you, getting to work with you, and so uh, when, when I uh, had a chance to block out some of your time and catch you in town, I thought it'd be fun to get you over to the hangar and, and do a podcast. So appreciate it. Yeah, no, always I appreciate the invite onto the show. Happy to be here. Um, so. We're both probably pretty pumped. We're coming off of a successful uh, event, the first inaugural Texas Supercar Academy. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I thought there was a lot of a lot of smiling faces and happy people. And uh, so that, that was very, very encouraging to see all the work we put into that come to fruition this last week. Totally. I... I think we got nothing but positive reviews. Everyone that I talked to had a great time. I got some text messages after the event. We actually went yesterday and did something with one of the guys yeah. that we had out there. And uh, So, yeah, it's been a fun week. Definitely a bit stressful uh, at the start of the week, but kind of as things went through about middle of the day, I finally was able to, like, chill out and be like, okay, this is, this is going. But, you know, whenever you do something new for the first time, it's always like, what's it going to be like? How's it going to go? So... Yeah, it was it was interesting because, you know, that whole concept just started out with a conversation in my office, and to yeah. see just you and I brainstorming there, uh, to see it come to life is is you know to me the most fulfilling part of being an entrepreneur and coming up with these these new ideas and and then getting to meet. I mean, you brought all these new people to the table and new, uh, relationships that I would have never been exposed to or introduced to. And, and you start to see that network and that, you know, not to be cliche, but the circle kind of <laughs> forming, right. Yeah. Of all these relationships that start to connect. Um, and it was, it was just a lot of fun. And of course you did an amazing job as an instructor there. <laughs> um, so if we kind of take a step back, you and I met, um, I guess it's been a couple of years now. Yeah, and I think about early 2019 sometime. So early 2019, I, I had a car that was in for service yeah. at, uh, at, the, at the Ferrari of Houston dealership. And I was talking to one of the GMs down there about my interest in learning how to go faster and be better on a track, potentially get into a little amateur racing and and he said man there's a guy you really need to meet his name is Alec Udell and he's up in uh the woodlands yeah thought man that's convenient I'm you know right there perfect as well yeah um so he kind of made that initial connection and I started to look look you up and it was pretty incredible to see you know for such a young guy the accomplishments on your resume and appreciated you taking time to meet with me at that point in time. Yeah. And for me, it's, it's been about getting more people into the sport. You know, that's the only way that, I mean, I, I enjoy it. And so whenever someone expresses that interest, you know, I want to do what I can to help grow that interest and turn it into something that's safe, repeatable yeah. and able to be enjoyed because that's at the end of the day, that's what it is. Even in my career, you know, I, I have to think to myself, if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing, I mean, it's a whole lot of stress to just not have fun sure. doing it. So sure. yeah, it's, it's finding the right people to, to, 
take yourself down the path in motorsports is really important because there's a lot of people out there that aren't necessarily going to look out for the best interest and just want to get something out of you. And so just trying to help people avoid those pitfalls. So who were, I mean, who were some of the folks that really helped bring you down that road? Um, Because I've, you know, I've got a 12 year old son and uh, after the rally yesterday, he may be a little nervous to get (laughs) in a car with me again, but he's excited to learn how to drive fast and, and learn how to be on a track. I mean, you know, what little kid doesn't enjoy sports cars and racing, you know, environments. Um, but, you know, a lot of the folks that do what you do, professional race car drivers, um, they start really, really young. Yeah. You know, um, by the time you're 12, you feel like you're behind the curve already. Yeah. And, and it's not necessarily that you're behind the curve. It just depends on what you want to do with it. Yeah. Um, it's for me, I started when I was five and that was from my grandfather, uh, who you, who you met at the Texas supercar yeah. Academy the other day. Super cool guy. He's just turned 76. It was his birthday that day, actually. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, so that was my birthday present to him was, oh, was having awesome. him come down and do that, that event. And, you know, he's still out and driving, driving cars. So it's kind of one of those things too, where you get bit at a young age and, it's hard to hard to leave behind at some level uh so he got me into a go-kart when i was five and it's just it's been a family thing uh yeah yeah so i i just instead of like playing soccer or basketball which i did as well but i was not as good at yeah uh, we went to the racetrack that's cool so did he did he have um experience in the racing environment prior to that as well yes so he already had the passion and he he had a young grandson and thought, I'm going to stick this kid in a go-kart. Yeah. And, you know, see what he can do. Yeah. Um, so you had, you started just for fun and then slowly got into competition and... Yes. And had, did you guys travel around and do competitive go-kart yeah. racing? Yeah. So I, I started my, I did my first national event when I was seven. Oh, geez. And seven, just about to turn eight. And then didn't really do too much traveling around at that time when I was 10 we started doing like the national circuit and so I started traveling you know all the time I would be the unaccompanied minor they put me on a plane I'd meet my dad somewhere wow and uh yeah so that was it's it's been something that that's all I know and it's not necessarily I guess I take it for granted a little bit sure because it's just I've been probably once a month traveling since I was 10 years old uh, yeah. And it's, 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 you, you give up a little bit of that childhood, you know, at yeah. that time. And you're, you're a bit of it is kind of like, like my dad and my grandfather just kind of saw that like, Hey, I had this passion that was shared with theirs. And so it made them double down on their, on their passion. And, uh, then I was kind of all in and there were times of course, where I had to be pushed, you know, to kind yeah, of get the potential. Sure out of me that that I had but you know I had I had a great coach in Stewart who we ended up opening up a business with a go-kart shop and then I would work in that shop in the summers or on the weekends you know kind of when I was like 13 I started working in our shop where we were you know running a a business kind of to support the racing side of it because I mean there's no getting around it's not cheap yeah no matter what you're doing yeah in motorsports and so to help offset the cost of the racing we had a business that 
you know, I was working and so I was coaching people starting when I was like 14, 15. Uh, but I started like sweeping the trailer, sweeping the shop, changing, you know, engines off the chassis, just kind of helping around the shop as I could. And then transitioned into racing cars when I was about 14. And from there we started another shop, you know, it opened up a oh, car wow. shop. So was one of them down at MSR yeah. then? Was that the first shop? It was. Okay, where yeah. we raced on or where we did the track day event. Yeah, so that building in the go-kart track, we helped develop that. Oh, cool. Uh, and the, the logo on the right side of the of the canopy, it says Cart Nation. That was mm-hmm. our shop. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so did we had sell, half the did building. Did you sell that off later and then develop the go-kart track and? Conroe? Yeah, so we, while we helped with the development, we weren't in any... Oh, you weren't in the, ownership. Yeah. You were just helping to develop. Correct, yeah. And so then we got for the for the development, uh, and I'm remembering part of this because sure. I was you like 10, 11 yeah, yeah. years old. So I, I, I hear the stories. and But that's kind of, I think, where I got some of this entrepreneur drive because I saw this business grow. And my grandfather actually kind of lived with us for the summers, and he would help run the business down there as well. Yeah. And... Yeah, so it's it's just been this continual, okay, how can we make this work? How can we do something bigger than we can afford but do it r- the right way? Well, and and you hit on a couple of interesting points. It's not cheap to do this at all. I mean, it, almost at any level. You're buying tires, brakes, there's travel, event uh, day fees, equipment, you know, gear, helmets, everything that you got to buy. I mean, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars uh annually yeah and in some cases in one weekend you're going to spend thousands and thousands of dollars totally and so to support that that passion you've got to have a con- some continued stream of revenue or some income or sponsorship or something that covers the cost of entry to get in and do these events exactly um and and if you don't come from money, let's call it, which, yeah. which a lot of people do. There's a lot of successful people in the racing industry that they came from a family that had a lot of money and could afford to put them in the in the right cars with the right equipment, the right instruction, mm-hmm. and do the travel. And in some instances, which I've learned from you, you almost have to buy your spot on a race team. Yeah. Yeah. And it just depends on, you know, kind of what you want to do with it right and so for for me we had you know I'd, I'd been exposed to this national competition level and so racing against you know kind of the best in the country yeah and you know was doing decent right and sure. we didn't always have the best equipment but kind of you know we're making do with what we had competitive at some level yeah. yeah competitive at some level but they were like you know the chassis and so I can look back and see like kids um history in like what cart that they were driving you know what kind of cart no like okay like i can understand you know like that that was really good equipment and had a good engine builder that kind of stuff but it's like it it always comes down to like super fine details in motorsport and so you know when we're talking about like a percent difference in the front of the field to the back of the field in terms of lap time it's like just the little details make a huge difference so uh you know in in a go-kart half a horsepower or a quarter of a horsepower is a huge deal um, because the carts are so small, so lightweight. Light. Yeah. And so we always did, I think, better or 
worked out to like the peak of the equipment that we had. I'm not saying that it was it was bad equipment by any means, but there was sure. just some other stuff where maybe guys were getting new carts every weekend or new engines or you know all kinds of stuff. So you can you can really go and spend a ton of money and that's kind of what happens is it just becomes almost a money game over like pure talent. talent yeah. yeah. Cause you're, you're, it, it becomes a, uh, the, the equipment that you have becomes a differentiator yeah. at, at some level. Totally. And it, if you, I mean, you follow formula one at all, you kind of see that as well. Yeah. Right. So like the teams like Mercedes that have the biggest budgets, Ferrari, historically at least you know and, and this year they're doing a little better but like those teams tend to be the front the front of the field yeah right and so because they have more money for development more money for you know the sims the the engineers and more staff more people that they're able to put towards building a better car sure uh and so the same kind of thing trickles down into every level of motorsport so if you have more funds to put towards you know whatever it is uh it's just it, it helps yeah. you build that that level yeah and at that level ounces or just some additional foot pounds of downforce contributes tremendously, you know, translates yeah. into seconds on a lap. And then over 30, 40 laps, you've got yeah. a, a pretty significant difference. Yeah. And it can even be tenths of a second, you know, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's so crazy, but I think that's what keeps people coming back, you know? So after, after your go-karting career, mm-hmm. At what's the uh, at what point in time do you kind of decide where you're going to go? Because karting probably sets you up for all sorts of different racing. Um, what tell me about that process of transition from a go kart to a to an actual car? Yeah, for me, it a little bit was set for me, which is you know kind of how it goes. Open wheel cars are kind of like the path that you'd want to take out of a go kart because it's okay. like the most relevant yeah exactly and like you know as a kid growing up you know i'm watching formula one i'm racing a go-kart you know that's kind of the 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 trend but at the time you know there just were a lot of kind of like really bad wrecks you know it was before they implemented a bunch of the the halo stuff and the indycar aero screen which is i mean saved a ton of injuries or probably even fatalities in some in some cases and so going into looking at okay, what, what do I want to do? How do I want to make a career out of this? Um, you know, and I'm thinking about this at like 14, uh, talking and my dad was like, okay, we want to go like the closed wheel, the sports car route because it's safer. You got a whole, you know, crash shell around you rather than just like that little pod. And so I moved straight into a spec Miata. So, okay. And I did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did spec Miata in tandem with racing go karts for about a year and a half, and then so I started in the spec Miata around 2010, uh, 2000, 2009, 2010, and then jumped in to a Camaro in Pirelli World Challenge at the time when I was 15, and I did my first year in pro racing in 2011 when I was 15 years old. Okay, and so these were all, of course, you know, six six speed. H pattern gearbox, which we don't see much anymore. But so my first experience in car racing was in a, you know, a Miata, an MX-5 that was a 1992, I think. Yeah. Uh, This blue car that was all beat up was my dad's race car. And so I got it. And that's That's when we transitioned into having a car shop. And so we started building Miatas and same kind of thing I'm working on. Now I'm changing the suspensions, you know, 
changing oil and differential and the engines, changing engines in some cases, you know, doing everything on the car. So was the idea behind the repair shop to help offset some of the costs and help finance your continued racing? So we owned the race team. Okay. Yeah. So we, you know, did Spec Miata service and, and, you know, basically ran a Spec Miata team for a number of years. Yeah, exactly. And so I was working on the, on the cars. We didn't really have, I don't think we did much like street work, but we had a, you know, shop over on Robinson road on the other side of the freeway. Mm -hmm. And then we ultimately, uh, and we still had kind of the cart business going in tandem with it. So we had uh, cart nation and MDG. So there were two two kind of separate, and the idea was to have all under one roof. You could go from cars to cars, okay, and kind of have that transition. So you guys were operating all these businesses from a, and you were exposed to that from a very young age, yeah, right, yeah. And now, as your racing career has evolved, um, you know, one of the things we talked about is your business now is kind of the. Alec Udell business. Yeah. Right. You're branding yourself, trying to figure out how to create, uh, awareness and, and some sort of income and revenue with and leveraging your experience and talent. Um, and it's been amazing to listen and, and from you about how much entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit it takes to piece all this together because yeah. you're constantly reaching out for sponsorship and selling, the team and selling the benefits and, you know, looking at a different angle to create funding because there's not just someone stroking checks for you to get into the, into whatever team you want to go race. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's kind of always been that way, except for maybe when I was in go-karts. Yeah. Um, but for, for me, I think that's been a benefit because, you know, I look at it as at any point in a sports career, you know, there's an end, Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm not looking, looking to see like, what's that end, but you've got to transition into something. And so kind of building that in tandem with like building the career right now, I think is yeah. a, is a benefit because I mean, a lot of the guys that you see in, in sports car racing, you know, are entrepreneurial. And so while I've been exposed to it in terms of like the, the racing business that we had in the sure. race shop, I've also been exposed to the guys that have been successful in their businesses yeah. and now are able to afford to go racing. Yeah. So you get to meet with these people, network with them and learn from them as well. Exactly. That's you know, cool. and that's like ex- how we met, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, what's interesting is, has been watching just in these two years, the development, you know, from, from you as an entrepreneur, but also, as we met several times in my office, I've kind of pushed you to ask you questions about what do you really want to go do? Where do you want to take this? Because there's, there's all sorts of things you mm-hmm. can do with your career right now. And your response always gravitates right now back to, I want to drive. Yeah. You know, I want to. And, and your passion for really being a driver is, is incredible. And it's and it shines through, which I think helps the people who are attending a class or being around you to to really feel the passion for driving mm. and the authenticity of it. Um, you know, I imagine that there's a lot of people who, after doing this for twenty years, they're kind of jaded. Yeah, right. They're kind of done with it. They're frustrated with it, or yeah. they don't really have the passion or wh- whatever sport. Right, like you know kids that grew up playing 
baseball or golf or, you know, doing whatever sport, mm-hmm. at some point in time, they're just done with it because they've done it so much. Yeah. But you still have that real passion for getting out, being competitive and driving. Yeah. And I, and I liken that to, I, I think like anything that you do that's difficult, right? Like you got to push through, uh, push through when others don't. And that's yeah. how you get the big results, right? Exactly. And so I'm, I'm learning that. And I think a lot of that comes from like the entrepreneurial stuff where it's like all you can do is keep going forward, right? At this point, I've, I've decided like this is what I want to do. And if I don't see it to the end, like I'm always going to wonder like, well, okay, well, what if I did that? Mm-hmm. So just keep, keep, keep working and keep getting like a little bit better every day and things keep happening. So... Yeah, not gonna stop. It's pretty incredible how that forward momentum or that drive to just take another step, mm-hmm. you know, um, can ultimately result in some pretty incredible accomplishments. Um, I get asked all the time about my business or businesses and mm-hmm. how did you do it? What was the secret? How did you plan for it? And it's you want to have some really creative, innovative secret recipe answer but there's not right and the other folks that I've interviewed you know they kind of share the same thing you they just went to work you know they and and they they worked hard and you put the effort in that others maybe aren't willing to do you know and you're willing to grind through adversity and challenges and just keep going Um, and in some sense that challenge and adversity and overcoming it is part of the enjoyment mm-hmm. of achieving and, and the process. Yeah, you right? get addicted to that a little bit where it's yeah. like, okay, you get whatever the, it is, the dopamine hit after you overcome something that's a little difficult. And you're like, all yeah. right, cool, let's do it. Yeah. I did that, now I can do something bigger even. Yeah. I mean, for, <clears throat> for me, one of the things I love about construction is I get to see a building coming out of the ground. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. it, there's a very f- tangible, physical result to mm-hmm. your work, right? You get yeah. to see results taking place. And it's not hard to see when you do have results or when you don't have results because I can walk on a job site a week later and stuff's either coming out of the ground or it's not coming out of the ground. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like a rocket scientist to know that <laughs> we should be going up right now and yeah. we're not. So yeah. what's the problem? Um, but you know, pursuing projects and then winning projects mm. that uh, you want to, if you want to call it the dopamine hit, but the, the thrill of like achieving something, winning yeah. a new project or completing a job, yeah. um, you know, is what gives you that motivation and that drive. And I can imagine that, you know, I don't have a fraction of the time you have on a track or in a yeah. fast car, but you feel that sense as well when you're on a track and I can imagine winning, winning a race or placing in a race has got to give you that same sense. Yeah, it does. Totally. And I think you could probably relate to this too, where it's like, okay, great. I won. Now what's next? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I think, uh, this idea that at some point in time, an entrepreneur or, uh, even you look at athletes that they're just, they wake up and, and say, I'm done. I'm satisfied. I've accomplished everything mm-hmm. I want to accomplish. That doesn't really, I don't think that happens. Yeah. I don't see that happening for me. Right. Yeah. Cause 
when I get to a point where I can't do what I want to do, there's going to be something else that I'm out trying to accomplish and achieve. Yeah. Um, because it's just that, that sense of personal growth and satisfaction. And then also the interaction and the relationships is a big part of what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, the event that we put together was as much about networking and building new relationships and contacts as it was anything, Yeah, you know, I mean, we didn't really go into it initially. I mean, obviously we want to make money we want it to be profitable, right? but initially, um, you know, getting people together to network and start to build relationships, create those circles in our lives that can help us, Mm -hmm. you know, expand things, um, was a big part of getting this, this first event completed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's something that in my life, I haven't been as good at, you know, and that's something where I, I appreciate you pushing me to be like, Hey, this is what, you know, which, this is what you got to do. And this is how you got to approach it because getting, just getting people together and having a good time is, is how you make friends. And I, you know, been listening to all kinds of like entrepreneur podcasts and everything and, and your podcast as well. And it's like, okay, if you can make a friend, you can make a sale. Right. And so if you can get people together and, and have a good time, then you've got, you know, that customer for life or yeah. that person that they like, whenever they, they think racing, they're going to be like, Oh, Alec, you got to talk to this guy. Yeah. Well, and a big, a big part of it is just not being afraid to fail Yeah. or embarrass yourself. You've got to get comfortable. If you're too anxious about having it be perfect, Yeah. you know, and I'm as, I'm as much of a perfectionist as anybody, right? I yeah. want everything to be done right and perfect. and yeah. um, But at some point in time, and my, my brother and I have had these talks lately, that uh, done is better than never done right. Yeah. <laughs> if you always want to get done right, but it never happens, yeah. then just getting it done is way better. Yeah. And so sometimes we get, you know, mentally we get these blocks or obstacles because you want it perfect and you never actually do it when in reality you should have just gone and done it and got it and, and, and then taken those lessons and refined it from there yeah um and that was there was a little bit of that with the <laughs> texas supercar i mean totally. you know we met in my office and i think at, at first it was just you and i catching up on yeah. where you were on on business and t- i wanted to tell you a little bit about the circle and some of the things that we were doing and the circle a lot had to do with trying to to kind of cross network and and show some of the interesting things that being an entrepreneur can allow you to go and do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you started talking about creating your brand and some of your business ideas, and we're like, "Well, let's right. let's do something." Yeah, you know. And it it was literally us with a pencil and a yeah. piece of paper scratching out what if we did this event and. Yeah. You know, I had done some really cool tours uh, or a really cool tour in Europe that was, you know, mind-blowingly yeah. awesome. And, you know, simplifying that and and I knew that there were uh, there was a target audience out there of people who owned cars, high-performance cars, mm-hmm. enjoyed them, but had never been exposed to really learning how to drive them safely drive them to a higher level of performance. I noticed that on that trip where everybody there owned a amazing car, yeah. but few of them really knew how to, you know, take the lines and, you know, brake and handle corners and everything yep. like that. Um, and so this idea of 
creating a venue where people who have those vehicles at all levels can come out and in a safe environment learn that from a professional mm. um, was was a really neat concept. Um, and then sitting with you and kind of penciling through, okay, how do we want to set this up? Um, who do we want to attract? How are we going to advertise and market it? I mean, you, we all, we went through like the full business life cycle yeah. on this thing, yeah. You know, leading up to the day yeah. that, that it took place. Yeah, and we did that at the first meeting. We went through like it all, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then for me, you know, because I know the track side stuff, right? And I can manage all the, you know, getting people on track, training them. That's a lot of what my business has been up to this point. Uh, but for for from my standpoint, like I don't know how to set up an event and like put it put together, getting people in, in a place and kind of the logistics and everything. So it's awesome being able to like partner and have a team that we can do something bigger sure. than just an individual, you know, and that's what I've, I've been saying like to my dad and to, to people that I'm talking with about like how we put it together. It's like, it takes, you know, it takes a team, right? Sure. And it was really cool to be able to, to have that kind of group together where it's like on my own, the resources aren't, aren't, possible and then on your own it's like okay well i need someone that can run this stuff and so coming together and being able it's to, a great team yeah it was a great it's team. awesome and everybody had everybody had a blast yeah um everybody made it home safely yes. no cars got wrecked, <laughs> so that was a huge yeah, accomplishment yeah, as well one. <laughs> and it and it was it it was interesting um because for us kind of behind the curtain i i use the analogy of uh, the Wizard of Oz, yeah. you know, behind the curtain, you know, we're pulling levers and blowing smoke and th- people don't see the little things that, you know, we're, that, that, that were challenging to us or that maybe didn't go quite right or that mm-hmm. we were trying to make happen. They just see a nice, well-managed event yeah. and we're able to kind of keep refining those things that we talked about. Totally. You know, having a, uh, there were little things that we, we said even right after the event that we should tweak or adjust. Yeah. And that continual progression is what is going to make this thing yeah. continue to just be uh, an awesome event. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's awesome because I literally was just talking to the race team that I raced with last year uh, on our way back from Ohio when we were testing this week about, you know, like we had a part fail on the car. It's like, okay, well, now we know that we need to, check those parts after every so many races or whatever yeah and so it but it took away some of our track time and it's like you know you see these things that like when you have a car or a race team or something like the difference between a new race team and a race team with like five six years under their belt with the same car is you know the things that are going to fail and so you can be prepping ahead of time and so it's kind of like that parallel from racing to a business right or running in the, the event like we know now the things that are a little bit of a snag or something. So now we can prep better ahead of time to know what's sure. what it's going to take. And so going back to what you said, like done is better than not done right. You yeah. Know? So you just got to do it to know what's, what's going to happen and do it. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, we had some weather that postponed the first yeah. event or anticipated weather. It ended up, I think being like it was a, a beautiful, beautiful day, day. <laughs> but <laughs> it, was a beautiful it didn't day. hurt my feelings that we had to push it yeah. and everybody, uh, responded accordingly, yep. but <clears throat> giving us that little bit extra time helped, I think, um, to, to get all the pieces in place so that when we got there, we had food and marketing and, 
the agenda is sorted through. We refine the course. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting the feedback from yeah. everybody because, you know, getting the user's perspective and implementing that back into the product is really what I think is going to make this thing um, amazing. Yeah. Um, and again, honestly, I love being on the track and I loved um, listening to the course. But what I enjoyed the most was just meeting all these different people because a lot of them are entrepreneurs. They're business yeah. owners. They're, I mean, I think almost everybody there owned their own business or what, you know had some desire to be a, a business owner and an entrepreneur. And so, you know, while we're at breakfast and lunch and breaks, we're just kind of exchanging ideas and getting to know everybody. And that is sure to open doors for us, but also for them. Yeah. You know, it's a forum where people that can afford to go spend a day in a, on a racetrack, um, can talk to each other and network and totally. share each other's resources. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately what, two days later, we're all meeting with new people, Yeah. you know, having breakfast and getting in, a, in our cars and, you know, probably driving faster than we should <laughs> through the, through the national forest. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, uh, still an incredible event and, uh, just a lot of fun. So I think, um, the Texas supercar Academy has been, um, the, the, the theory has been proven out in yeah. the first event. Totally. Um, and I'm looking forward to honestly, many, many, many more events. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, we've got a lot of witnesses that can say and, and, and attendees that can say this was incredible. Yeah. Um, there's, there were probably people that showed up that thought because they've driven a lot on the road mm. and they, you know, they've rallied and they've got these amazing cars that they could just show up on the track and destroy everybody. Yeah. And then I, there, I saw some realizations taking place because we kind of broke the groups up into group one and group two. Yeah. And then as the day went on, there were people that kind of maybe moved from group two to group one. Yeah. The group one got a little bigger. Yeah. <laughs> and the group two got a little smaller. Yeah. Um, and that was good. That's what we wanted. You exactly. know, we wanted people to, to have some self-awareness um, and, and, and realize, hey, these are my limits. Yeah. Um, and you see that probably in racing all the time where if, if you don't recognize what your limitations are or the limitations of your equipment, yep. that's where you get into trouble. Totally. And I think it's a great, it's, it's very humbling, you know, when you get yeah. out on a racetrack and you're expecting to be somewhere that, that you're not. Uh, because, I mean, especially when you get to a race weekend or something, like the results are right up in front of you. Yeah. You can't hide from them. And if you, the ones, the people that I've worked with that maybe try to do that, you know, they don't stick around a long time because you can't really get onto a track and have a huge ego because there's always someone quicker. There's always someone that could spend a little more money. So you just got to continuously be learning, developing your skill and, and pushing more. And so that's kind of the mentality that I brought into this is like, hey, doesn't matter how fast we're going today. All we're working on is building skill that you can pick up and take anywhere that you go. Because it doesn't matter how fast you can get around this track. It matters how fast you can go around every track. Yeah. So even if like something that you do kind of works here, it may not work everywhere. So we want to make sure that we build that that foundation really that strong so that we can, you know, then progress forward. And 
There's a, there's a lot of analogies between racing and owning a business. Yeah. You know, um, I think that you could be at the top of your career path within a company, within an organization, mm -hmm. and then step out to start your own firm and anticipate that you're just going to go from zero to 60 and nothing. Yeah. And you don't all the time. Mm. You've got to, you know, you've got to learn. There's lessons. There's no, uh, there actually, there are a lot of, you know, how to run a business for dummies, but there's yeah. really, there's really none that pr fully prepare you for going through and owning a business and having employees and all the different challenges that go with it. And mm. just like on the racetrack, guys like you and other folks that have experience racing and have learned those lessons when somebody like me shows up and I don't really know what I'm doing, having that mentor that can help walk me through this is, I mean, everything from this is how you prep your car to mm -hmm. this is how you enter and exit the track to the fundamentals of how to actually drive the car on the track. Yeah. Um, slowly helps you get better and more conf and gain more confidence. And the business world is like that as well. I think there's a lot of people who look out for people who want to step out and and own their own business, mm -hmm. um, that's how we grew. Mm -hmm. You know, early on, people said, "Hey, this guy's willing to step out of his comfort zone and put put everything at risk and go start a business. We're going to help him out." You know, and people called and they counseled and they gave advice, um, and it helped us grow to be a successful business. Mm -hmm. And I think that on the racetrack, it's it's the same way. You know, people see uh, somebody new that's willing to put their car on the track yeah. or drive it a high rate of speed, they want to coach them and counsel them totally, you know, and bring them along. Yeah. And that's exactly how I approach everything in terms of like racing. And I guess in business as well Is like, I want to support people that are willing to step out and take that risk. Yeah. And you know, on the racetrack, the risks are a little higher. <laughs> sure. I mean, it, in terms of, you know, injury or something. Definitely. And so making sure that people, know what they're getting into and aren't reliant completely on the car to drive itself around the track. Sure. Yeah. So let's shift forward now. Totally. What's next for what's next? Alec Udell <laughs> racing race car driver. What do you, what, where do you want to go? What are, what are some of your aspirations in the racing world? And then, yeah. Um, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, the business world. Totally. Uh, for me, the racing world is very, very interesting. Uh, I, I went in 2019, raced in Europe for the first time, won a championship there in a BMW M4 and just love the competition there. Um, so my dreams since I was like 10, 11 years old has been Le Mans 24 hour and 24 hours of Daytona. Like those races I want to run and I want to be like on the factory teams, you know, running yeah, in like yeah. the best equipment yeah. and go and win those events. Yeah. That's that's my that's my goal. That's my my vision. Sure. Uh, and I want to go, and then I want to do it multiple times. You know, yeah, it's sure, not just definitely. do it once. It's like okay, let's go and, and make it happen. Be a, yeah, be a yeah. force within those races. Exactly. Yeah. And so, tell me where you're at now. I mean, we're going to talk some more about your, the current team that you're working to be on here, or you're on yes. the, the Lamborghini uh, Trofeo team in a Huracan. Yes. Right. Yeah. So right now, this year, I will be racing in the IMSA series in the, in the Super Trofeo. So it's a one-make 
It's all Lamborghini Huracans. Uh, there's a pro and a pro-am, so they kind of split up the classes in, in okay. sports car racing. So I'll be in the pro category, so like the top top category, I'm racing with Kelly Moss Road and Race. Uh, oh, they're wow. like, I'd say the best one-make race team in the country. In the last five or six seasons, they've won all but one of the championships in the Porsche GT3 Cup Series in IMSA. Oh, incredible. Uh, my, I've been coaching with them since, since 2018, it's a it's a great organization. We're partnering on a online driver academy as well uh, that I've been developing over the last couple of years, and then we just kind of came together. It was one of those things where it's like they're trying to do it, I'm trying to yeah. do it. Together, we could do more than separate. Sure. Uh, and so there's a lot of a lot of cool opportunities with the team. But for me, getting on the radar of you know Lamborghini going and, and running this this series, then it's like okay, who's this guy? So at the end of the year. The last race of the season is in Italy at Misano, and it's the world finals for the whole. So everyone from the world is coming. I think I'm going to have to be there. For yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> I'm going to have to yeah. be there for that one. Yeah, that dude. sounds incredible. Yeah. Honestly, so that's in October, uh, like right before, right before, right after Formula One. So we'll they'll ship the cars over from the U.S. So cool. and we'll do our last event out at Misano in Italy. Uh, and so that's like you get the best of the best in the world. And so if you go and show well there, then you're immediately, you know, on the radar for uh, something like 24 hour Le Mans or 24 hour Daytona. Exactly. Yeah. Some yeah. of the stuff in Europe, there's there's the spa 24 hours as well in Belgium. You know, that's another one. Like I just I want to get into endurance racing at a professional level and yeah. get paid to do it consistently. Yeah. You know, that's that's the tr- that's where I'm going for. And then alongside that, you know, building the the stream of income, like the, the coaching businesses, the, the yeah. supercar, Texas supercar Academy, you know, so I can have, you know, always be able sure. to do something. <laughs> well, I think you, and you said it earlier in the discussion here, every athlete at some point in time reaches the end of their career. Yeah. And as a young guy laying the foundation for your business and, and your businesses that can extend beyond your professional racing career, um, you're going to be light years ahead of your competitors who everything was just the racing. Yeah. And then they step out and it's like, okay, I got to make a living now. Yeah. I've got to support a family and kids and, yeah. you know, you know, go out and earn a living. What am I going to do? Um, and if you've got all these things set up and structured and you've learned how to, how to piece things together, you're going to just continue to have success. So, yeah. And I think we're seeing like in terms of like professional athletes, it's happening more and more now where even guys in like the NBA, the NFL are starting businesses in tandem with their careers. So you've got these guys that are like performing at a high level. So I think more and more it's going to become like the norm because people see that like, okay, Hey, this won't support me forever, but I can take, you know, the, the five, 10, 15 years I'm going to have in this career I can build sure. a business alongside it, and it takes that long sometimes to build something big. And so, you know, what what can I do to help propel that forward and take, you know, the platform that I have now and, and leverage it into, you know, a, a community or, or some sort of business that helps sustain long term? Well, man, I'm super, super excited to continue to work with you. Yeah, totally. To Likewise. watch you race and watch your racing career progress. Um, obviously being partnered on Texas Supercar Academy yeah. is, I mean, it's amazing. We've got future track days and road trips and we're talking about, you know, going to, uh, to do a really 
awesome, amazing supercar tour for Formula One this year. Yeah. And just all the new things that are going to come out of that. And then just the friendship of, you know, working with you, helping you grow your business and helping you uh, or having you help me learn how to drive my car faster. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I can do I that. I need help yeah. with that. Uh, <laughs> Pretty good already. Uh, but, you well, know, there's, you know, there's always very, something to learn. That's very kind of you yeah. to say that. Uh, but uh, no, I, uh, it, this is what it is really all about is, yeah. is networking, helping each other along the way and then. You know, meeting all all the new uh, faces and exciting new relationships that will come through the Texas Supercar Academy through mm-hmm. your racing career and and just continue to watch things evolve over time. So thank you very much for taking time to come meet with me and uh, and be on the show and, yeah. and and looking forward to many more events together. Awesome note. I appreciate being able to be on the show with you, listening to it already and enjoyed seeing where this is going to grow to as well awesome thank you yeah